Well, today we are wrapping up a series called Retro Church. And if you've been here early, well, let me rephrase that. If you've been here on time, at the beginning of every service, we've had a song from a different decade. The first week was the 50s. The second week was the 60s. Last week was the 70s. And today, I couldn't wait, was the 80s. Because the 80s, but that's my decade. And if you're nearing 40, you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? Your late 30s, early 40s, the 1980s. What an interesting decade it was. A decade of fads. A decade of heavy metal music. Remember that? Yeah. A decade of parachute pants. We hope that one never comes back. A decade of the Rubik's Cube. The decade I got my driver's license and the world was never the same. Decade I graduated from high school, went away to college. Decade where I turned 18 years old and felt like I was invincible. Like I was unstoppable. And what 18-year-old doesn't believe that? They can do anything they want to do. Well, it didn't take me long to realize that that's not accurate. I was driving down the road not too long ago, and I was listening to the radio, and there was this really cool song from the 80s on, somebody like Van Halen, Def Leppard, you know, one of those really cool bands. And um, after the song, the DJ came back on, and he said something like this, all 80s, all oldies, all the time. And I was like, I was looking for a rewind bus. What do you mean? 80s and oldies, that doesn't go together. Another time in my life when I realized that I'm not invincible and I was not unstoppable, I was at this retreat with a bunch of teenagers and we did this high ropes course. And we're like 40 feet off the ground and, and I've got the strap on, the helmet on, you know, I'm all protected in case I fall. And, and I'm on this tree that's this huge tree about 40 feet off the ground and I'm trying to get around it to get to this other cable so I can go across to this platform. And I was, you know, moving my body every way I knew how to try to get around the tree. I was trying it this way and I was trying it that way. And I, physically, I just couldn't do it. And this little 14-year-old brat comes, comes up the tree and said, excuse me, Pops. And I was like, Pops, you know, you better watch it as he, you know, zipped on up the tree, went around and, and did his thing. And it made me realize I'm not invincible. I'm not unstoppable. And neither are you. We're not invincible beings. We're not unstoppable beings. But we can invest our lives in something that is. We can invest our lives in something that is unstoppable. In this series, Retro Church, we've been looking at the book of Acts, the fifth book in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. Like I said the first week, Acts is kind of like a newspaper report of the day. If there was a first century newspaper, you opened it up, it would have read much like the book of Acts. The first week, I talked about how the church in the first century was just simple. People simply living out their faith. The second week, our youth pastor, Darren, talked about how the church was vocal, how people who lived out their faith in the first century were vocal about it. The third week, I talked about last week, how God uses ordinary people to accomplish extraordinary things. And today I'm talking about how the church is unstoppable. From the first week up until now, We've talked about the church in the book of Acts when it was all Jewish. 
It was a Jewish movement led by a Jewish Messiah who converted and led Jewish people into this faith called Christianity, who in turn converted other Jewish people to accept Jesus Christ as the Messiah. So up until this point, it's all been Jewish. And they're all comfortable in their new Jewish found Messiah. They're living out their faith. They're telling other Jewish people about it. And it's all Jewish and they were comfortable with it. But God has a way of taking everybody outside of their comfort zone. If you want to grow, you are going to have to get uncomfortable. You can't stay comfortable and grow. If you want to stay comfortable, your life is going to be reduced to mediocrity and just average. But God, just like he looked at those Jewish people and said, you're getting ready to be uncomfortable. He looks at us today and says, if you want to grow, if you want to go further in your faith, if you want to really make a difference in the world and in your life, you're going to have to step out of your comfort zone. So part of my job is to make you uncomfortable. That's, that's the fun part is getting to make people uncomfortable where they get to a point where they want to take the next step and do what God would want them to do. So God recognizes that it's time for these first century people to get out of their comfort zone. Up until this point, they thought this was just for Jewish people. So this apostle named Peter, who Jesus called way, way early on in his ministry, was preaching to Jewish people and, and living a good Jewish life. And he had a dream one day. And he had a dream that all of this food, this North Carolina barbecue was laid out in front of him because Jewish people didn't eat pork because it had been declared unclean. A lot of other things they didn't eat. And all the things they didn't eat, well, it was just laid out in front of Peter in this dream, in this vision. And God said, have at it, eat, enjoy, have some barbecue, have a little pork. And Peter was like, God, this is unclean because Jewish people considered all other people unclean. And God used this food as an illustration for Peter so he could see that God's word is for everybody. It was not just for Jewish people. And today it's not just for one certain type of person, not for just one race. It is for everybody. And with that one episode in scripture, God's word began to be spread to people who had never heard about Jesus Christ before, who thought that God was off at a distance and was just for Jewish people and not for them. With that one episode, Peter began to share the message of Christ with non-Jewish people. He said in Acts 10 verse 34, I see very clearly now that God shows no favoritism. In every nation, he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. In an unstoppable church, everyone is invited, no matter who they are. And Jesus hinted at the unstoppable nature of the church in Matthew 16 when he said this. He said this to Peter, and I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Jesus is saying, I'm going to build a church, my church, 
and the powers of hell and the powers of darkness will not overcome this church. The gates of hell, the gates of darkness will not overcome this thing I'm building. And gates are defensive. So the picture is that that darkness, that hell is gated off and, and light and the church is going towards the darkness, not the other way around. A lot of people get it wrong and think the church is a place to get secluded off and have our own little space of light. And that's not what Jesus had in mind at all. He expects the church to pursue darkness wherever it is in your life in your marriage, in your career, in the world, wherever there's darkness, Jesus said it cannot stand up against an unstoppable church. It will not prevail. Is anybody living with darkness today? Jesus knew that the world was dark. He knew that there were powers and things in our lives and things in the world that were full of darkness. And some of you walked in here today dealing with darkness in your life, dealing with darkness in your marriage, dealing with darkness in your relationships with other people, dealing with darkness in your heart. And what God tries to communicate to people is when there is light, darkness can't exist. When there's light, darkness flees, darkness runs, and even this small candle lights up part of this room. You can carry the light into your marriage where there's darkness, and that darkness will flee. You can carry the light from God into your life and things you're dealing with that bring darkness to your soul will leave because light always chases away darkness. It's not and never will be the other way around. It's not always easy to bring light into your life. It's a process. It takes time. It might be painful, but light in your life every time will chase away the darkness. Light is always the answer to darkness, wherever it is. And it will always chase it away. And when Jesus said, the gates of hell will not prevail against my church, he was saying, take the light into wherever the darkness is and the darkness will not, cannot win. Also, an unstoppable church uses unlikely people to carry that light into the world. So here's this Jewish movement called Christianity, and it's becoming less of a Jewish movement and more of a worldwide religion. And God is choosing leaders day after day to help lead this movement. And there's this man named Saul who hated Christianity, who hated Christians. And Saul would go and kill Christians. He would pull them away, put them in jail, and, and, and sometimes have them executed. And God chose this guy, Saul, to become Paul and end up becoming the biggest church planter in all of the New Testament. End up writing two-thirds of the New Testament. The Apostle Paul used to kill Christians. But in Acts chapter 9, 
He was on a mission. He was on a mission to go kill more Christians. He was on a mission to go stamp out the Lord's followers. And in chapter 9, verse 3, it says this. As Paul was approaching Damascus on his mission, this was to kill people, kill Christians, a light from heaven suddenly shone around him. So here's a man named Saul who was killing Christians, who was living in darkness, who was spreading the darkness wherever they went. And he encountered on this road a light, a light that chased the darkness away, a light that changed his mission from one to defeat Christianity to one that would help it become an unstoppable force in the world. This man traveled further than anybody else up until that point to spread the message of Christ. Now, that's an unlikely person. Do you think if the church leaders were looking around at that time for somebody to help them, they would say, let's get that guy that kills Christians and see if he'll help us. I don't think that's what they would have thought of. Because God doesn't think the way we think. God doesn't reason the way we reason. In Isaiah 55, God says, My thoughts are completely different from your thoughts, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. God just doesn't do things the way we do things. An unstoppable church not only uses unlikely people, an unstoppable church survives in spite of the odds. When it seems like hope is lost and light just can no longer penetrate the darkness, the church isn't stopped. Throughout this story in the book of Acts and throughout the first century, these followers were told, don't talk about Jesus anymore. Stop spreading this. And they said, sorry, can't obey that. We're going to do it. So they threw him in jail and they still spoke about it. They still spoke light into a dark world. So they started having them killed, and they still spoke light into a dark world. They started throwing people out of their towns, and they still spoke light into a dark world. And the church began to be a force that could not be reckoned with, a force that was unstoppable, a force that racism couldn't stop and can't stop, a force that geographic boundaries can't stop, a force that bad leadership can't stop, a force that immoral leadership can't stop, a force that, that any boundary that could ever be put up just can't stop because Jesus said, I'm going to build this church and darkness will not prevail. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. A few years ago, I had this opportunity to spend some time at, at Angola State Prison voluntarily, I add. But I got this opportunity to go and video these three men for this prison ministry fellowship thing. And, and I met with them and we talked and two of them were murderers. They were there for life. They're never going to get out. One of them was, was a guy that was there for 65 years. And I heard these guys tell their stories about how they were living in darkness and they got behind these prison bars paying the consequences of their sin. But yet in that prison, when they were paying for the consequences of their sin, they they found light, they found Christ, and the church existed through those men behind those prison bars. The church is unstoppable. The darkness that existed there, they chased it out with light. They were Christ followers. And, and the first century church and the church today, in spite of extreme circumstances, in spite of extreme mistakes, 
refuses to give up, refuses to give in. We can be an unstoppable force in our world. We can be an unstoppable force in our community because Jesus promised that darkness won't win. And that's why we wanted to go retro and look at the first century church and see how they did things, what they valued. And maybe if we try to see things from their perspective and begin to develop some of the habits they developed, we will truly become that unstoppable force that God desires for us to be. So people in an unstoppable church have some ways of doing things, have some ways of living. The first thing is something I've mentioned every week is those people value community, value relationship. We need relationships and community with each other. We need communication with each other. There's a story about this guy that decided he wanted to go live at a monastery. One of the monasteries where the monks don't speak. Well, they got two words a year. So he went the whole first year and he didn't speak. And he goes and meets with the leaders and they said, you can have two words. What are they? And he said, bed hard. So he went away another year. He comes back at the end of the second year, two words. Leaders say, what do you have to say? He said, food cold. Went away for another year, came back at the end of that year. And, and his leader said, what do you have to say? And he said, I quit. And the guy said, well, that's good because you haven't done anything but complain since you've been here. We need to be in constant community and communication with each other. And people in an unstoppable church value that, value relationship, value community, value being with each other. And people in an unstoppable church don't separate their relationship with God from their relationship with other people. It all goes hand in hand. Also, people in an unstoppable church play. They play. They don't just sit on the sidelines and observe and stay spectators. They get off the bench. They get out of the seat and move from being a spectator to being a participator. Now, if you're here for the first time, spectate. Enjoy. Come back next week. Spectate. But hopefully there comes a time when you're uncomfortable being a spectator and you step across the line and you become a participator in this thing called an unstoppable church. Get off the bench and play. Participate. The church is not designed for somebody to come week after week after week and just sit and soak. The church is designed for people to get in the game and to play. Also, people in an unstoppable church realize something that changes their lives. They realize that they need to accept God's love if you're like me, there's times you look in the mirror and you're not very happy with yourself. And you might even wonder, how could God love me? How could he care about me? People in an unstoppable church accept the fact they're imperfect, but God loves them and there's nothing that can separate God's love from his people. In Romans chapter 8, beginning at verse 38, it says this, I'm convinced that, that nothing can ever separate us from his love. Death can't, and life can't, the angels can't, and the demons can't. Our fears for today, our worries about tomorrow, and even the powers of hell can't keep God's love away. Whether we're high above the sky or in the deepest ocean, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from a love that, that, of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
So that is retro church. Simple, vocal, ordinary, and unstoppable. And it's all for you. Every bit of it. When Jesus said, I will build my church and darkness will not prevail, he had you in mind to be the light that takes that into the world. That same light that can come inside of you can also go into the world and chase out the darkness. And if you're skeptical of that, you have good reason to be. You have good reason to look at the church and say, I don't know. There's a lot of weird things going on in the church. There's a, there, there's a lot of strange people. There's, there's a lot of bad leaders in the church. So you have reason to be skeptical. But God said that if you come into that light, all darkness will be chased away. So when we go retro with the church, that's us opening up the Bible and saying, God, what did you have in mind when you said, I will build my church? And reading through the book of Acts, I encourage you to sit down one day, read through the whole thing, and you'll see exactly what God had in mind. And ultimately is that his people would follow him faithfully and help the church maintain an unstoppable momentum in the world. 